Thursday, August 11th, 2022. Welcome to the Geeky Sports Guy Show. This is Craig, your Geeky Sports Guy, and we are back at football season. We are here. It is preseason week one. News galore. We got hard knocks on the TV, but everything is telling me, you know, it's August, football season starting. We're almost at the fall, but it feels a little bit like Christmas morning along with it because Al Avila is out of the Detroit Tigers front office. Hallelujah. They kicked him to the curb. In doing so, Chris Illich kind of also showed his hand that I don't think he pays attention to the Tigers at all or knows anything that's going on with the team and had to look up players' names off of cue cards, basically. At least that's what it sounded like. But hey, one domino's gone. (laughs) We can't get rid of the Illich family. So we just got to hope that works out. But Avila's gone. I'm not going to go too deep into that beyond the fact that, I mean... If you're going to ask like what the tiger, where the Tigers go from now, it's a simple answer. Everyone's going to have the same one for a while until new names come out. You're going to get one of two answers. It's going to either back up the truck and give every dollar you have to Theo Epstein. You know, he took two lower cursed franchises who couldn't get it done in the Red Sox and the Cubs brought them to the World Series. Can he do it with Detroit? It kind of seems like it's not about money to him. The Mets offered him the world. He didn't want to do it. So who knows, maybe the historic franchise of the Tigers, even though that's been great lately, it's the historic franchise, might want to do it. The other option, which I think I'm in personal favor for, just make Hinch the acting GM too, or hire uh, you know director of baseball operations that handles more financial stuff, and just give Hinch personnel decision. Everyone goes, oh, well, if they're losing, isn't this on Hinch too? I mean, I, I don't really believe so, because look at the team. It's kind of like, you can't, you know... Go out and buy the you know bunch of rotten ingredients at the grocery store, the grossest food that you can find, and you give it to a chef and have him make a five star meal. You know it just doesn't work that way. Hinch has to have something to work with, and I think going into a season where he can make his own decisions, bring his own players, directly talk to the Illich family, kind of do everything he wants. Like this year, you know, bring in uh, Carlos Correa to the team, like we should have. Even though they had that pre-existing relationship, it fell apart at the end. I, I don't know exactly what happened, but I think as Avila's gone, you're going to hear more and more. It's because of him not wanting to do the work or go with Hinch's vision. I think there's a little bit of animosity between the two. But, you know, it's a new era. The Tigers suck. It's another wasted season. We now have to rebuild the seven-year rebuild, which sucks. But, you know, hey, it's a better future today than it was yesterday. And that... that That's all I can hope for, I guess. I mean, it sucks being a fan. But, you know, beyond the Tigers, Tigers suck. Football season's coming. We have Hard Knocks. Siren alert. I was at the premiere of Hard Knocks down in Royal Oak, Michigan. It was awesome. It was a great event put on by the Detroit Lions. I'm going to go into what I thought of the episode. Uh, We're still a little early in football season, so I don't want to go too much into previews. We'll talk a little bit about Lions' outlook this year, but... I still, an episode we're going to do, I want to talk more about futures, uh, college especially, uh, future bets, whether you want to look at them as bets you want to place or just, you know, teams to look out for as you're enjoying the season of some sleepers I think that could take some major divisions, how I think I see the season playing out. That's all going to come down the road. We're still too far away. You know, I got to get closer. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be stories and personnel movements still, and I want to see us get a little closer to the season. NFL, 
like last year, you know, I'm going to break down the lines. I'm going to break down a couple big stories. But betting-wise, I'm going to kind of stay away from the NFL. If you want NFL stuff, you know, follow me on my Twitter, especially. Uh, Discord group, Beat the Books. Soon going to be Hammer Sports Capital. And those guys know what they're doing with the NFL. I've kind of backed off, let them handle it so I could focus more on the college stuff, which we'll get into when we talk more betting things. But, you know, that's where it stands right now. You know, Al Avila gone. It's a great day for Detroiters. Great day to be a Detroit Tigers baseball fan. As sad as that is, that's just our reality now. And the Lions are looking on the upswing. Very few people you hear from right now have anything negative to say about the Lions. And that's terrifying. But it, it has to build you with a lot of hope. And Hard Knocks was just step one into it. And I think Hard Knocks is just going to set the table for what could be a really exciting season. God, you just gotta love that music. It tells us falls here, tells us football's here. It's a great feeling. And episode one of Hard Knocks, now I'm biased. I am a Lions fan, true and true. But I thought it was one of the better Hard Knocks episodes I've watched in a long time. We've had some boring seasons. Dallas comes to mind pretty quickly. Really any of the Dallas seasons. But the Lions are just... The hype could not be any higher right now. Couldn't be. Like, the way this team is rolling, the way people are talking about them, everyone, even, like, pundits who are usually just jumping on them, just a dog pile of negativity of how bad of a franchise they have been, are kind of turning around right now saying, I think the Lions have something brewing, and I agree. I think, you know, building off of last year, and I think the first episode of Hard Knocks, like, it did what I think they needed to do first and foremost, what people had a problem with last year that I got some arguments with of Dan Campbell is 100% genuine. He is the genuine article. He is who he shows himself to be. It's not an act out there. He's not just trying to give you sound bites. He's not trying to be this rah-rah guy. He is this rah-rah guy that just wears his heart on his sleeve, cares about these players more than anything, and is five seconds away from crying every speech he gives because his heart is just in it so much. And I don't know what kind of person you have to be to not just absolutely root for this guy. He seems to me like the dream guy that you just want to have a beer next to at the bar and watch a football game with and talk to. Dan Campbell seems to me the kind of guy that if this succeeds, if this works in Detroit, if he is the coach that we think he can be, he's going to be here for the rest of his life. He's not doesn't seem to me the guy that's just going to walk away for a big payday someday. He's always going to remember the team that took the shot with him, and he's going to be loyal, and he's going to be loyal to his players. And look, the Lions aren't the most skilled team. Let's, let's get that out of the way right at the beginning. But they're going to be the biggest try-hard team I think we have ever seen in Detroit. And is that enough to overcome their lack of skill? I don't know. It's not going to win them a Super Bowl. Let's not get crazy here. Maybe if they get some better talent in the future. I'm not saying Dan Campbell in the future can't win a Super Bowl. But I'm saying right now, as a team's constructed, 
I just don't see that. I think they have a ceiling of 9 to 10 wins, and that's everything going their way, no injuries, and getting some injury breaks the other way, some significant players on other teams going down. But I think 7 is the bar. I think they have to win 7 games this year. I think looking at the schedule, and it sucks again, you can't play the schedule game because it never works out, and the NFL teams flip constantly. They have to get 7 wins. You can't have all this hype and be ready to be shot out of this cannon come September and then only win, you know, three, four games. It just can't happen. And it's going to derail all the momentum if it does, and that's going to be heartbreaking. But I don't expect that to happen. I mean, the Lions are starting off at home against the Eagles and the Commanders. They could win both those games. I honestly think they could go 2-0, and and I would love to be 1-1. If you can give me 1-1 to start the season, and then we just play it out. You know, we don't have this like last year, little, all these losses piling up. Like, are we going to win a game? Are they going to go in 16? Like, get out there and win one of your first two games. Get some momentum and keep moving forward. And you're like, yeah, you know, the skill isn't great on this team. But when I look at the position groups, I'm not trying to figure out, are they good or are they bad? I'm trying to figure out how much better are they than what we had last year. And every group down the line, besides maybe the linebacker, seems significantly improved. I mean, if we're talking, I mean, you're going to have Goff was hurt last year, brand new offense. He's had a year in it. He's healthy. He's not a great quarterback, but I think he can get it done. You have one of, honestly, on paper, one of the best assembled offensive lines in the NFL. You know, all the first round talent on it. You got veterans. You got three guys who could arguably make the Pro Bowl. You got DeAndre Swift. You got Jamal Williams, who, my God, watching this Hard Knocks episode, how do you not love that guy? Like... Jamal Williams is just a gamer, man. He's just a guy you want to get behind. He's that locker room guy that you need. He's not going to be a 1,000-yard rusher, but he's going to be the gel in that locker room that keeps them all moving forward, that keeps them on task, that keeps them focused. If that's what you need, and let Swift just cook. You know, let him stay healthy. You got the receivers. You got Chark. You got Amon Ra, who hopefully just continues his breakout year that from last year. Hawkinson could be one of the better tight ends in the league. Offense should be good. Like, I'm not even just, like, saying that, you know, they should be okay. They should be passable. The offense should be good. On paper, looking at they should be a top 10 offense in the NFL. And I, I don't feel crazy saying that. Not number one, number two, number three, but, like, top 10. You know, 8, 9, 10, that era. But the defense is the question mark. And, you know, are the Lions going to have to score 35 points a game to win? I don't know if they could score 35. I don't know if they're that kind of offense. It's going to be ball control. It's going to be a ball control wear out the clock, keep the defense off the field, but they can score them when they're out there. It just, it's going to come down to that defense. So Dan Campbell just, he's building this thing. You know, we have this hype. We have everything ready to pop off. It just has to work. But my, if it can work, it's going to be great. This city is going to go crazy. Now, this episode, you know, you start off right from the beginning of just right into a Dan Campbell speech. And I get some people that I heard are like, You know, he's probably rehearsed these just for the HBO to get those sound bites. But everything I've heard, every writer I've talked to, everyone I've heard from around the team, this is the genuine article. This is how he is. This is how he talks to, you know, his family at home when no one's around. (laughs) Like, it's just, he is a sound bite machine. Like, what was it in the beginning of the episode? I don't care if you have one ass cheek and three toes, I'm going to beat your ass. And that is just, how do you not want to play for this guy? And I, I get, this is a scene and this is... This about Dan Campbell is going to be divisive with some people. One big thing I've noticed is if you didn't play football, 
And you can be just as much of a football fan as someone who played football or you didn't play football. It doesn't affect how much you know the game and all that. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying if you didn't play football or a sport that was the rah-rah emotional journey like football is, hockey is kind of like that too, fighting's like that, that, you know, that physicality sport where you have these coaches that just have to get you ready to run through a brick wall. Because, and I get it, like basketball, soccer, all those, like you want to get pumped up, but it's more of a finesse game, right? These other sports, your part of your game is physically just out-pushing the person in front of you. And those coaches are what get the most out of players, I think, at least in my experience from what I've seen. So if you've never played that kind of style of game where that wasn't important to you, yeah, you're going to look at some of the stuff and, you know, give it a pretty big eye roll. And I understand that. And that's fine because you're just from a different world than I am. And there's nothing wrong with that. We could both be the same level of fans. But it's just I think I am going to give Dan Campbell more the benefit of the doubt and understand what the players are seeing out of him a little more than that guy's going to see because he's an X's and O's guy. You're going to hear a lot of, I don't care about any of this. I need to see it translate into wins on the field. And understandable. But I'm saying from my side of things, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing from that first locker room speech and all those locker room scenes, you're seeing a team that is bought in. And I get it. HBO's cutting, you know, in and out. It's clips. It's small things. But it all lines up. What we saw all lines up with what's being reported with exit player interviews, players around the league who were with the team, who know players on the team. And it's not like the media or these outlets haven't dogged lines before. Day one when Patricia came in to coach the Lions, you heard he lost the locker room. The players didn't respect him. Slay immediately hated him. Uh, You know, Glover hated him. Quandre hated him. It was a whole mess because Patricia came in. He didn't respect the players. He didn't respect the media members that were there. He felt he was above everyone coming to Detroit. And it failed immediately. I was so behind Patricia. I thought it could work. Because X's and O's, it seemed like it could. He was a Patriots guy. The Patriots won. You know, all the things made sense on paper. But he didn't have the hearts of the players. And that matters so much. And that's one thing Dan Campbell is still learning. When it comes to X's and O's, I get that game time management, in-game, late game. But when it comes to having the hearts of the players... I haven't seen a coach be able to grab a team like this in a long time. And I'm not saying he's the best at it. It's especially from the Detroit perspective. We don't see it. Like, Jeff Schwartz was close. But, I mean, Jim Schwartz, sorry. He was close, but, you know, he was just a little bit too far. He was a little too aggressive. Dan's just, he's just a good guy. And I hope it works out for him. And, I mean, I've heard, like, the people who hate on this team the most are even at the point of, God, I hope it works out for him. Not just like we all hope it works for the Lions. We all hope the Lions win, or you're not a Lions fan if you don't. But even if it doesn't, you're you're rooting for Dan Campbell because the dude, man, he's just a dude, man. He he cares. And that speech he had when he has the team in pads and he circles the ball around and he tells me he's looking at each one. He's like, I get it. I see you. Your eyes rolling. I understand. Because when you go with the NFL, they're not in pads that often. There's a lot of rules against it. You know, it's veterans, a lot of money, and injury can lose you a lot of cash. But Dan explaining to him, guys, you know, if I thought there was another way we could get there, another way we could get ready for this season and succeed, I wouldn't have you in pads a single practice. But it's just not in the cards for this kind of team. And you kind of see that when you they showed a little bit of tackling drills. The Lions tackling isn't great. It was terrible last year, but they're working on it. And you see Aaron Glenn 
focusing on that every single practice. Now, don't buy in too much about the team missing tackles because a lot of that are players that aren't going to make the roster anyway. You got to remember, there's about a, it's a double sized roster at this point of a lot of practice bodies that are just there to you know help have other guys have someone to hit. They're not going to be on the team, so we'll worry about tackling later in preseason. But Dan just being that honest with the team, and you can see him listening, and you're going to sit there. If you're not an HBO Hard Knocks person, you're going to go, well, HBO, of course, is going to make him look in the best light. That's not always the case. They have made coaches look fake. They've made coaches look, look at the, go back and watch clips of the Hugh Jackson season in Cleveland. They made him look the fakest coach I have ever seen. And it all fell apart right after that show. Like, you saw Cleveland was just this fake team that was put together. Like, they, they had no heart. And you're watching them fall apart now. I mean, their franchise quarterback they love just walked away or got traded. They threw him away and they gave everything to mortgage on hoping Deshaun Watson can be the next guy. Dan Campbell has this team around his finger. And they respect him. They care about him. They want to play for him. That is half the journey. If you have that, you are a long way. Because effort can outshine talent at times. It's not all the time. And Super Bowl is going to be won by talent too. But in just a when a push comes to shove and you got two teams that are pretty close fighting each other, effort is going to outweigh talent time after time. And these kids are going to give effort every single time. You saw that in the second half of the last season. That's why they made that push, because they finally bought into the system. It took that long. It did take that long. But once we got there, the guys were bought in. You know, they weeded out the ones who weren't. They got rid of some players. Trey Flowers, one of them. Then they just pushed forward and they had this gel. And now we've added some pieces to it. And guess what? These free agents, these people we brought in, some of them are guys that just needed to find a team. They didn't have anywhere to go. But once you did, like Chark, they wanted, they heard this message. They saw this last year. You know they're paying attention to other teams. And he bought in. He goes, I want to be part of that. I want to be part of that journey. And the more we have that, the more these guys can press forward and kind of just play over their lack of skill and just effort the hell out of this thing and hopefully get us to eight, nine wins. Like, Aiden Hutchinson looks like the perfect player for Dan Campbell. Now, do I think he's going to be the best player in this draft? I hope so. I mean, how high we draft him? But I don't know. He's got a high motor. He looked a little small. He did. He looks like he needs to gain about 20 pounds, but won't be this year. It'll be over the next two years, and that'll be a thing with him. But he looks like the exact mold personality that Dan Campbell wants. And that is someone that he can kind of push around. He's going to be fighting with Sewell every practice, one-on-one. You know, iron sharpens iron. It's cliche, but it's true. And then you go through the coaches of the lines that they show you. You know, Deuce Staley, Aaron Glenn, I mean, Randall L. It is a who's who of former players. And not just like guys that played for a cup of coffee in 1983. Like, these are guys who played significant time in the NFL and were successful. And they're the ones that know how to get through these camps, how to build this team. They've been in situations where they built from the ground up. They have been to the highest of highs and lowest of lows. And they're all using that experience to build this team together. It, on paper, just seems like it can work. And if it works, it's going to work for a long time. And the more I talk about it, the more excited I get, which is the more scared I get about where I think this team is going. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people this year. I do. I think they're going to win eight, nine games. I think the heart of the team is just there. And you've seen that so many times in the NFL. A team who's not fully behind their coach but has a lot of talent. And they fall apart every single time. 
because everyone's not on the same page. And then you get individual guys trying to get their stats and not working as the team. And then the chemistry falls. Like, look at Cleveland last year. What happened when their star wide receivers were not getting their touches? They didn't buy in and say, it's best for the team. It's best that we win, right? It was all, give me the ball. Look at Odell. He needed force his way out of the team. Jarvis Landry was doing the same thing. And then they forced Baker out of it, who just, Baker was a Dan Campbell kind of guy where he is out there gutting it through an injury, trying his best to get his team somewhere. But the prima donnas in the wide receiver room wanted their stats when they weren't getting the wins. And I get you still want your stats, but you can't let it affect the chemistry of the team. And that's where Cleveland ultimately failed. Campbell, his approach is to try to make sure that doesn't happen. That these guys, no matter what, are going to play for each other. They're not playing for themselves. And if you can do that, and as cheesy as this all sounds, I get it. If you can do that, you can surpass, you can cover up a lot of gaps of talent with that kind of effort, with that kind of brotherhood. And this episode just kind of, you know, it put it all in my head. It put it all out there and it kind of confirmed a lot of these things that I've already been thinking. And I get it's a show. I get it's cut. But, like, you put it together and you can kind of see what's fake, what's real. And there was some fakeness in the episode, don't get me wrong, but this team is building something special. And the vibe from the team alone, just the vibe, I think we're about to see the start of something that is built that is great. And I think it's going to be all because of Dan Campbell, and you're right. He might not be the greatest exes in all guys, but look at Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin is a special teams coach. He's a rah-rah guy. He wasn't a coordinator. But look what he built at Pittsburgh. And even though Pittsburgh still doesn't fully accept him. Because of that, because he was just a special teams coach, he's won games. He's built winners. And if Campbell can do the same thing, I mean, he's learned from Peyton, who learned from Parcells. Like, the coaching tree alone just shows, like, how fast-tracked Campbell has been to this head coaching from, you know, he played not too long ago. I just hope it works out. And if you're the kind of person that's saying, oh, he... I, he sounds like a meathead, Stone Cold Steve Austin, huh? And like, I hope he gets fired. It's, I think you just don't understand it. And that's fine. And I accept your opinion. I just think you're the kind of person that you didn't play this kind of game when you were growing up. You might have played different sports. Sports might not have been your thing. But you didn't have that need, that rah-rah in you, that extra stop to amp you up to hit the guy across from you. And it's so important. But so many people don't understand that. And Campbell brings that tenfold. This team can be something special, and I think the city needs it. And you already see, like, family, or their Saturday family practice had 20,000 people there. It was backed up all down the freeway trying to get, just watch them scrimmage. People are hungry, and they've been through this false hope before. Like, Lions, after making a playoff season, didn't have the hype that they have right now. We just got to hope it all works out, because I think we can see something here that's truly special. And there you have it, another Geeky Sports Guys show in the books. Like I said, we're going to be coming out with a little bit more college football preview. It's going to be a little closer to the season. We're going to try to break down more Lions stuff as the Hard Knocks episodes come out. How would you guys like the episode? Did you love it? I did. Are you just jonesing for the gambling content I was providing? Well, if you are, make sure you're following me on Twitter because a lot of content's been coming out and there's a lot of information on what's to come. So, again, Geeky Sports Guy Show at Twitter, uh, MLB NFR, NRFI, No Runs First Inning. We've been running it all season. We're hitting at like 63%. It is going very well, and we've been on fire lately. So check it out. And then I have a couple other guys I'm sharing, too. Uh, tennis picks, soccer picks, you know, 
They're killing it too. The Discord's killing it. Come and join us. But otherwise, we'll get those previews out to you. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. And we'll get back at you next time. Peace.